members of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios, it's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they actually love, and create real, amazing relationships. Open phones this hour. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, host of The Ken Coleman Show, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. And Ken, I'm convinced America should be very afraid right now. Uh, returning to the phone screening chair after uh, several OG. years after several years in management yeah. and leadership yeah. is uh, the famous Laura yeah. Johnson. Yes. Um, when she started, she was Laura Mays. We used to call her the Amazing One, and then we learned better. But um, <laughs> oh, cold, wow. cold, right yeah. out of the gate. The she abuse, just got back in the control the room. Abuse. The abuse begins quickly. Yeah. It's a management tool that we're here at Ramsey. Abuse. Yeah. So fun to so, see her over there. Uh, you know, she. Also, I mean, she sat across the, you know, across the glass from me here, and like this, couldn't talk back, which was wonderful, um, for like thirteen years. Yeah, and then moved into uh, producing and yeah. leading the production teams here at Ramsey and all this. And today, uh, because we're in a holiday week, uh, we're shorthanded, and she's stepped back into her uh, her old talents. Yeah, I she and I she used to uh, oversee me on the video channel when I first started here. I was not a personality. I was That was a chore. And boy, she just gave me all kinds of grief. She yeah, could, well, you she would say it. things in my ear while I was live on the air and uh, so she's she's awesome. It's good to see her smiling face. She's the OG, the the, the original right there. Uh, LJ the OG. So it's good Ooh, to have her in there. Wow, you're sound, I did you're ask her kind of hip when you Well, I'm trying hard and every teenager yeah. that's listening you're is rolling Seriously, a boomer. Yeah. Yeah. But I asked her how many people had to not be available for us to to get you today, and it was a lot. <laughs> it, she's she's we, had to, we had to go way down the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So We're digging out the bottom. Yeah, she, she, Laura Johnson screening phones today. Associate yep. producer for the day. Uh, so she's working for all the people that work for her today, and uh, that's how it works here at Ramsey. We do what it takes to get her done. Open phones triple eight eight two five five two two five. Thomas is in Florida. Hey, Thomas, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Uh, hi, I'm glad to be here. Good. How can we help? Uh, well, I've been. I'm a very goal-driven person. Recently, I've been wondering should i try and work towards my passion of being a storyboard writer or should i listen to michael rose advice and find a trade job to help me become a little bit more profitable then focus on my passions well that's a that's a good setup i've heard a lot of people have approached me on that and what mike says and i don't want you to confuse what he's saying i think this is probably a, a both and uh what is it going to take for you to be a successful storyboard writer uh, that that comes down to skills and experience so what does that journey look like can you do that full-time if you cannot support yourself doing that full-time then maybe a trade or any other job that uh, that i would call a day job that allows me to take care of business and then train get some experience on the side build the relationships and get to a place where i can step from one to the other and i think the way you said that in that second classification is probably the way to do it but it doesn't have to be a trade uh thomas hmm, I, uh wait a minute uh, let me ask you something uh i mean we use storyboard in, in all our productions and things we do here um 
I'm kind of doubting, since I know a little bit about the business, that there's full-time work for a storyboard writer in Sarasota Springs, Florida. Hmm. Well, now, to, if you're yeah, in L.A., was... Atlanta, Nashville, where there's a lot of film production and a lot of uh, uh, video production of things, I'm missing something. Is Sarasota Springs the center of video and I don't know it? Uh, no, sir. But I was just want, thinking about like maybe moving like somewhere yeah. where the work would be more available. Yeah, you can get there. The question is, what does that look like? What's a successful storyboard writer making? Do you know? Uh, no, sir. You got to know. Like, we can't just kind of go, well, I'd like to do this. Well, you know, I'd like to dunk a basketball on a 10-foot rim. It's not happening. No, so it's how not. Re- <laughs> not without a trampoline. So how realistic is it? So here's the first thing you've got to do. What what does a career path look like in that space? And to Dave's point, is that a full-time gig? If it's not, is it a subsidiary of a writing position? Yeah, you've I, got think, to I think you're out. a content and creative guy, first yeah. and foremost. I'm afraid you're niching this out too far. Uh, I mean, you, you've, you've got this down to the very nuanced job that a handful of people in the world have. Um, and so, uh, I mean, content creation is, in, in essence, what storyboarding is. That's right. And, you know, you're, 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 you're cr- helping the production team create a narrative mm-hmm. and a flow uh, through what they're getting ready to put on film or tape, whatever we want to call it. None of it above digits. But anyway, the... Uh, uh, so I'm, if we were doing that at Ramsey, we would be hiring a creative who also did, yeah. a content person who also did. Um, as a matter of fact, that's what the, how we do it. We yeah. don't have anybody here that does that. So I, I'm, I'm kind of going to, how old are you? I am 20 years old, sir. How did you decide that storyboard writing was your thing? Um, because I usually enjoy... Uh, usually enjoyed like coming up with with expanding through storylines and coming up with creative way creative original ideas and so forth and yeah, i was you're, figuring i could bring so the light stay right there yeah, what you, you just said a to great us content guy so thomas what you just said to us that is a fifty thousand foot view of a job description so you start with that now the research process is what are all the different ways that professionally I can do this work? What are the pathways to all of those positions? Then we ask, well, then what am I going to have to do to get the experience and the qualifications to eventually get there? Now we have real answers. And again, you're 20. I appreciate the call, but you don't know what you don't know. And we've got to go get answers to those type of things. Then the question is, all right, what is the best financial path for me to get there? And if picking up a trade, and again, you know, the trades that we think of blue collar work, but in today's world, you can go to a coding camp and, and you can get an IT trade that pays you very, very well, that will give you stability and the opportunity to acquire mm-hmm. these skills on the side. Because in the world that we live in, and, and let's just call it the content world, whether you're a broadcaster, speaker, author, it doesn't matter. That is a much tougher path, and it takes a little bit longer, and it is based on experience, 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 and many times experience doesn't pay, and so you've got to be patient, and this is a long haul, potentially, uh, if you want to be in that content space. Yeah, I I think you could very well end up spending a lot of your life doing storyboarding at some point, but it's kind of like you called up and said, I not only want to be an actor, 
I want to be an actor in commercials. I don't only want to be an actor in commercials. I want to be an actor only on car insurance commercials. Right. And so I'm going to tell you, pan back a little bit, and let's broaden the horizon that still encompasses your passion area, and let the storyboarding be a nuance within it, and I think it'll help you get there. It's a neat call. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you. We're honored with your question. Thank you. This is The Ramsey Show. I've recommended Simply Safe Home Security for years, and over that time, they've just gotten better and better while remaining in amazing value. Their monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. Plus, unlike traditional home security providers, Simply Safe has no contract and no hidden fees. So don't wait to protect your home. Visit simplysafedirect.com right now and get a special 20% off. Simplysafedirect.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Coleman, number one best-selling author, host of the Ken Coleman Show, where we talk about career and job, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Nikki is in Wichita, Kansas. Hi, Nikki. What's up? Hi, Dave. Um, not a lot. How are you today? Better than I deserve. How can we help? Good. Um, I'm calling because... Um, my husband and I, we um, own two houses. Well, right now we're, um, we have a mortgage on one, and one um, is supposed to be our rental property. We haven't been able to rent it yet, um, but it's the house that we lived in when we got married four years ago. And um, he's always had a dream to rent this property, and he he just really wants to rent it, and... I have a lot of conflict. So we've been trying to follow your steps since we got married, since before we got married. And um, he's the one who introduced me to you. And um, so we we paid off all of our debt after we got married, and we are still debt-free, praise God. Um, but um, I know that I've listened on your show before, and we've been partially through Financial Peace University, and we've gotten some advice from some of our church friends, and um, renting this house doesn't seem like the right thing to do right now, Um, and I really don't know what to do. It's caused a lot of conflict. It's like the main conflict in our marriage, and I'm just calling you to see what you would advise me to do. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, uh, I, I hear him whining in the background. It was always my dream, and you're a dream killer. That's what I'm hearing. Because the way you were shamed into your into your sentence structure. Uh, I heard shame coming out. I know it's always, it's always his dream, and I don't want to kill his dream, which means he's been telling you that you're a dream killer. And let me just tell you, when you kill somebody's nightmare, you're not a dream killer. You're a nightmare killer. And, you know, if somebody's doing something stupid and you tell them not to do it, you're not a dream killer. That's an act of love. 
And so your disagreement is based in love here. It's not based in the fact that um, little boy can't get what he wants. Um, so let's not start there at all. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dignify that with an answer, but, um, but what, what, let's just back up a minute. I, I think the two of you need to sit down with a marriage counselor and pan back because basically he signed you up for a series, a way of handling money that was proven that would be the shortest distance to wealth and generosity. And then once he signed you up for that, he changed horses and decided, I want to live my dream. I want a rental house with that. And um, so he's the one that changed the deal here. So somebody has to kind of help you guys navigate through the mediation of him changing the direction because you didn't change anything. He, he said, hey, let's do this Dave Ramsey stuff. And then he goes, well, I don't really want to do it anymore. Am I missing something? No, I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, and you sound awfully tired, fatigued, and beat down by a stupid rental house discussion. It's just a house. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I will mention also that it's been in his family. So he has had his family let him know that um, they would rather him not sell it. Well, then they ought to buy it. And, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, and, and it's... <laughs> Okay, there's so many guilt trips in the, the, the. I mean, you guys, you guys are got a travel agent for guilt trips around there. Mm. Him, his family, it's like a modus operandi. So, you, the two of you, need to decide what is best for the two of you. If it includes keeping this house and paying it off very, very quickly, that's okay. If it includes keeping this house and staying deeply in debt because my family shamed me into it and my husband shamed me into it, this is toxic as crud this house is paid off um we completely own this house we don't owe any money no, the one on you're it. talking about renting um, right right you got debt on the other house yes the house that we live in we bought in 2020 oh and you but you bought you borrowed money on it because you didn't sell the other one right yeah so the, it, there's it a, was, so effectively you borrowed yeah. money to keep the other one yeah yeah. What Pretty will the much. other one sell for? Um, the rental? Yes. Uh, well, it's appraised at $45,000. Um, $45,000? Yeah. Well, this we is a fine piece of property. It. <laughs> it's really small. It's like a little one-bedroom, one-bathroom um, house. Most people call me with car payments bigger than this. And y'all are arguing about a dump of a house. Oh, Lord. What's the rent on that? I can't oh, imagine it's much. get rid of it. It's a piece <laughs> of trash. There's no question. Listen, 20 years from now, are you going to be glad you own this as an investment? No. It's not going to get better. It already sucks. No, I don't want this piece of real estate. No. No, 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 no. If you want to keep it as a is there land with it? No, there's not. There's not any land well, with it. Not value. No. No, it's a tiny. No. It's it's a tiny house on a big lot. Yeah. Um, it has a. And it's very, very old and very dumpy. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've it's $45,000, girl. This tells us everything we need to know. 
Okay. Yeah. So here's the deal. I, I don't care. But here here's the thing. The question you all have to ask yourself as a couple, other people outside the, your marriage do not get a vote in this, including me. You call me for my advice. I'll give you my advice. But I don't even get a vote. Okay? You guys got to decide what you're mm-hmm. going to do. And the question you need to do is the two of you as a husband and wife need to pan back and say, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, which of these decisions are we going to be glad we did? I can promise you, having owned over 2,000 pieces of real estate in my life, that dealing with the tenant you're going to deal with in a $45,000 house for the next 20 years is not going to add value to your life. This is going to be a total pain in the butt and all for nothing financially. The only possible reason to consider keeping this house is it's been in the family and uh it's a $45,000 keepsake but even then it's it's listen this is this is one of those things that he needs to let go of and so yeah you need to you need to sit down with the marriage counselor because the pain in your voice has nothing to do with this property it has to do with his family injecting themselves into your all's life it has to do with your husband changing horses in the middle of the dadgum stream and saying well you know i'm yeah but yeah, take the $45,000, pay it down on your mortgage, and then start working to get your mortgage off. That's what Dave and Sharon Ramsey would do, even if the little house had been in her family or my family. And even if our little families didn't like it, we would still go, check it out. If you want to keep it, it's only forty-five grand. Run yourself down to the credit union, write me a check. I'll hand you the deed. Yeah, and I think the marriage counseling is the key here. This thing has become way bigger than it needs to be. It's just not worth it. It's not causing a ton of financial stress other than the upkeep. So I think there's two sides to this. I think, Dave, you're absolutely right, but I also don't think it needs to cause this much stress for her either. It's not like it's burdening them you in You sound any way. exhausted. It does. It seems like this thing has gotten huge, and it's a little teeny tiny house that, quite frankly, they don't owe anything on. I would do the same thing, and I'd take the 45 now. Like today, I'd take it yeah. and put it on the house. I take thirty five. Just well, get rid of the problem. Too. It's right. it's not a blessing. It's a curse. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And so it's not, it's going to be a long. Yeah, there's a reason you can't rent it. Hello. So yeah, I, I think there's the 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 fatigue is not about the house. No. It's not about the finances. It's about your husband changing horses in the middle of the stream, saying we were going to do this. Now I decided I don't want to. And it's about all this interference and argument over really nothing. It's not worth it. This is The Ramsey Show. personality number one best-selling author host of the ken coleman show is my co-host today in the lobby of ramsey solutions jennifer and travis are with us hey guys how are you dave better than we deserve i love it brother how much have y'all paid off uh four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in 12 years but we got gazelle intense in 30 months we paid off two hundred eighty thousand dollars whoa okay and your range of income in that 30 months that 30 months, 154000 to 220 Cool. And where do y'all live? Denver, Colorado. Cool. What do you do for a living? 
I'm a restaurant consultant. Mm-hmm. And I'm a registered nurse in leadership. Okay. And so you can work all you want to work for sure. <laughs> right yes. now for sure oh my goodness wow so what kind of debt was the four hundred and twenty-five thousand? so we paid off our house which was the two hundred and eighty thousand. look at it weird people <laughs> and then before that it was student loans two cars we had solar panels credit cards you were just kind of normal yeah, oh, yeah. kind of normal okay so tell me your story what woke you up and then what got you so intense 30 months ago so what woke us up 30 months ago is we finally got to baby step six. Oh, okay. Uh, we became gazelle intense at that point, a little backwards, but uh, we really wanted to pay our how- house off by the time we hit 40. Okay. Um, and so we, you know, looked, what does that look like? What do we need to do to get there? And we became pretty gazelle intense. That's so weird. Have yeah. I paid for a house by the time you're 40? Yes. None of your friends do. No. Right. Yeah. So what was what, what caused that goal to happen? What made you do that? We just wanted to be weird. We wanted to be debt-free. We wanted to leave a legacy mm-hmm. and just see what God will do in our lives. And, you know, we wanted to give to the kingdom on a bigger level. Amen. Wow. So when you decide in baby step six, so you've been walking the steps, mm-hmm. and then you get gazelle. Yeah. So I'm really curious. I want you to unpack that for our listeners and viewers. What did that look like? What were the habits that changed, the lifestyle changes to do what you just pulled off? Yeah, so first it started with, um, you know, creating a budget, and then it became living very minimally and deciding what is it we really need, and um, Travis learned to fix everything around the house and cars just off of YouTube, and we didn't eat out. We ate dinners at home and had fun with the kids at home with games and um did you get into this at all at baby step six and then go, wait a second, we, this is crazy. We're, we're living like, we're, we're, what's going on? Why are we doing this? Or did you just have maniacal focus the whole time? You know, it really seemed like it took forever to get past baby step three. Right. Mm-hmm. And then once we got past that and got retirement set up, college set up, it's like, wow, we're almost there at the finish line. Let's get this done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So seeing the finish line turns you loose, really. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it just... So what's the house worth? Um, so 800000 Wow. How much is in your retirement accounts? Um, a little over, I think, 150000 Okay. So you're at Baby Steps Millionaire status then, or really close. Really yes, close. Yeah. really close. Way to go, guys. Congratulations. Yes. So proud of y'all. Thank Very you. Very neat. How does it feel to be completely free and 40? surreal it feels yeah awesome surreal it's crazy to be here that the journey's finally finished mm. baby step six wow that yeah. part of the journey is yeah you still yeah. gotta go, right. go ahead and become wealthy and go ahead and be outrageously generous like you said giving to the kingdom yes put you in a position to do that you're making serious money and uh not a payment in the world mm. right. right what's your bir- first big financial thing you're going to do now that you're 40 with no house payment no payment of any kind well, now we're starting to redo our house. Um, so we've really held off on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're kind of remodeling, upgrading the house. What which are you going to do to it? To. What are you doing to it? Oh, everything. Painting, everything. kitchen upgrades. Kitchen, yeah. Okay. So yeah. the question is, Travis, are you doing it or are you going to pay somebody now? 
I'm still doing it. Yes. Look at you, We're Mr. YouTube. Doing huh? it. Yes. We're still doing I'm it. I'm very jealous, I have to confess, that you can watch YouTube and do something productive at home. I'm worthless to Stacy. It's, it's yes, unfortunate. You are, you are yeah. definitely. <laughs> He's done some crazy things on yes. YouTube. So. That's incredible. Good Way for go. you. Yeah. Wow. Way to you go. What do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? So really, it's living like no one else uh, today. Um, you've got to create a budget. You've got to get a control over your money um, and just really believe in yourself in the process. And, you know, keep coming back even if you get derailed because life's going to happen um, and cross the finish line. You'll do it eventually. Mm. What caught you off guard about this process? What was the surprise in the whole thing? I actually, with my job, I actually got furloughed. So being able to look and say, we had the money set aside to be able to support ourselves through that process, but uh-huh. we actually were living so minimally that we actually didn't have to dive into that money at all, mm. yeah. which yeah. is like that eye-opener. Like, we're, we're doing something right when we can just say we're living at the right level to be able to keep driving. Yeah. And then they brought you all back. Yeah. Yes. That was and pandemic stuff, I guess. Right. Yeah. That was, that was when it happened. But we were prepared. Yeah. Uh, COVID hit. We already had baby step three. We were living minimally to pay off the house, so it didn't have a devastating effect on us financially, thankfully. Um, uh, Dave, I want to ask a question. I haven't asked in debt-free screamers on this, uh, and I don't want to minimize the effects of inflation. I don't want to in any way be insensitive to the fact that that goods and services cost more. But knowing what you all know, how does inflation, when you hear things of inflation, you actually see the cost, how does it affect someone like you guys? So... It doesn't affect us as much as Why? somebody else who is, you know, living paycheck to paycheck because right. we do have that extra cushion mm-hmm. uh, to get us through that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good for you guys. I love it. Well done. Well done. Well, we've got a copy of the Total Money Makeover for you in the Live and Give bundle, and that'll give you something to give away and encourage somebody else on this journey. Uh, the Baby Steps Millionaire book, our latest number one bestseller, and uh, that's the next chapter in your story. You're there, almost be there, may get there by the time you get home. You never know. And uh, Financial Peace University membership for a year. If you haven't been through it, go through it. It's got all the new videos in it or give it away. And again, encourage someone else on their journey. All right, let's bring the kiddos up and tell us their names and ages. All right, we've got Blake. He's nine. Mm-hmm. And then Ava, she mm-hmm. is... Oh, cute. Very good. Very good. Well done, guys. Very proud of y'all. You're rock stars. Well done. Good stuff. Jennifer, Travis, Blake, and Ava from Colorado. 425,000 paid off. House and everything. 12 years, but most of it done in the last 30 months, making 154 to 220. Count it down. Let's hear a debt free scream. Three, two, one, we're, we're debt free! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Woo. yeah! This is how it's done right here. You have to decide. Something different has to happen. Otherwise, you're going to be just like everyone else out there. You know, it's amazing in America how many people are just alike. Mm. Got the same car payments. Still got Sally Mae in the spare bedroom. She's hanging out still after 15 or 12 years. Never going to get the house paid off. Always going to have a mortgage. Just trying to figure out a way to get by and have some kind of joy for the weekend. Yeah. And that's most people. Don't be normal. No. These people I'm talking to right here, they're weird. That's right. They paid a price to win. 
They said it. They took a moment and said, I've had it. I'm not living like this anymore. It changes everything. It really does. When you see the smiles and the weight lifted and you see two little ones who have an unbelievable, uncapped future because of the discipline that their mom and dad decided to exhibit, and they're going to learn from this later on. They've already seen it. They've seen it modeled, and uh, this is what it's about. I love that you said they paid the price. You know, everybody else is miserable. Everybody else is unhappy, looking for something, trying to make it to the weekend to drink their face off on Friday night. And financial peace and peace beyond financial peace is waiting for you if you're just willing to do the work. That's what it takes. This is The Ramsey Show. Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Cindy's in Baton Rouge. Hi, Cindy. How are you? Hi, Dave. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, we have, my husband and I have 460000 in a money market type account, and then we have 135000 in cash. And we're to the point of saying, what do we do with this? We're not making any profit on most of that money and um we took the 460 out of equities and securities because we were losing a lot of money in that and uh that money had come from a home that we sold and because we got an interest rate of 2.5 on a new home uh we went with the 2.5 and put the 460 into securities and equities and uh didn't want to lose it beyond what we put in there so we put it in the money market parked Mm. it what do you owe on your home 366 K from 30 years of coaching people, how to become wealthy and from doing uh, a study of 10,000 millionaires. These are the two sources for my data that tells me the shortest distance between where you are and wealth is two things as a, um, consistently funded, 401k Roth IRA in good growth stock mutual funds over a long period of time that becomes some money and a paid for house. Our last debt free scream was a $600,000 paid for house and $800,000 in their 401k or reverse. I forget which, but it was $1.4 million net worth. And it was just a few moments ago while you were on hold, you heard it. Yes. Okay. So that is the typical path that we see that is the most often used by people who become millionaires. Now, where does that take us in your situation? It says I would pay off my house today. Because here's what you ended up doing. It wasn't the start of your plan, but the net result of your plan is you borrowed money at 2.35% and invested it at a half a percent. Right? Yes, sir. We were... I know that wasn't where you, that wasn't what you set out to do, but that's where you ended up, isn't it? It is. I pay off my house today. Advisor. Today. 
by close of business today, write a check. Okay. Okay. And now you don't have any house payment anymore. How's that feel? Awesome. Because now, I want to retire. <laughs> yeah. And now you got $200,000 in cash that we got to do something better than a stupid money market account with. You need an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses for your short-term emergencies. And, um, I mean, you know, let's call that 50 grand at your house for the fun of it. You've still got 150,000 that you need to do something with other than a stupid butt savings account. Now, if you put it into some kind of a mix with a stockbroker and you were losing money, I get that. If you put it into good mutual funds and the overall economy slowed down like it is right now and the value went down, then you didn't have somebody good in your corner to coach you and say, hey, the only person gets hurt on a roller coaster is those that jump off in the middle of the ride, which is exactly what you did. Now, were you mm -hmm. invested in single stocks? No. You're in mutual were. funds. <laughs> very diversified in mutual funds some of them were in mutual funds okay well what i would do is sit down with a good investment broker and here's what you're looking for this time um and uh you're looking for someone with the heart of a teacher that teaches you the history of the mutual fund that you're putting the money into okay i'll give you an example i own one that's over 80 years old in the 80 years it's been open fewer than 15 of the, those 80 years has have been a down year. So if we happen to have a down year, and I know that, I know that, not my broker knows that, but I know that, then I'm not freaking out. It's kind of like the house that you own in Baton Rouge. If it went down in value this year, you wouldn't freak out because generally speaking, homes in the neighborhood you live in for the past 40 years have gone up in value. Agreed? Agreed. So you wouldn't freak out on one down year and bail out. That's just like that mutual fund I'm describing. I'm not going to freak out in one down year and bail out. But that's all knowledge on your part rather than depending on someone else to tell you what to do and then you get scared because you watch the news. And you never take financial advice from the news. If the commercial breaks where you're watching TV are walk-in bathtubs, gold commercials and reverse mortgages and snuggies, that tells you you don't want to take financial advice there. That's just a bad plant. And so uh, here's me looking at you, Fox. But anyway, yeah, so there you go. But the uh, Fox business, right? But uh, I love them. They're wonderful. But the commercials are comical. Saturday Night Live I'm trying comical. so hard. I, I can't hold it in. You're not saying walking bathtubs are a bad idea. It's just the investment advice. I'm just saying if this is where you get your investment advice. I know what you're saying. When the commercial breaks or walk-in <laughs> bathtubs and snuggies, then you know you're not getting good. This is, this is a bad place. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. I'm sorry. That just got me. That was like the church giggle. I couldn't hold it well, any longer. I mean, We've all sat and watched them at the commercial. I know breaks, exactly. Right? I know exactly what you're yeah, talking so, about. But, yeah, the <laughs> and and we're on there giving financial advice. So what do we know? But anyway, the uh, uh, but you know, you really need to sit with a good broker who has the heart of a teacher. Go to RamseySolutions.com, click on Smart Vester, sit down with them, interview them, and what you're looking for here is is a type of wisdom, not intellect. There's a difference. There's a lot of very, very intellectual ignoramuses out there. And that's not in the world in, in general. That's not what you're looking for. You're looking for common sense wisdom that says, I bought a mutual fund that for 80 years has only had less than 15 down years. 
So we're having a down year. I don't need to panic. And that you learn that you internalize that you emotionally swallow that. And then it becomes part of your plan. And so in that situation, then you invest in good mutual funds in your 401ks and your Roth IRAs and those kinds of things, and you get your house paid for. And that's what I'm going to do with your 150, unless you've got other debts, and then I'm going to clean that up too. So I want you debt-free 100% and investing in good growth stock mutual funds. That is the shortest that have long track records that are comfortable to you and that you understand what's going on. You didn't do it because I said do it or because some goob at a financial office said do it. It's because you learned, and your knowledge allows you to sleep at night. You know, Ken, that's the difference between tossing and turning at night Mm -hmm. when the stock market's down, is whether you made the decision based on knowledge you had Mm -hmm. or knowledge someone else had. Yeah. Well, it's true. I mean, you know, for years, I mean, before I even started working with you, this idea, the roller coaster analogy that you've given, and it's really true. When you look at the data, uh, if you look over the last 30 years, you just got to stay calm and ride this thing out. And I just don't freak out when I see the stock market dip. You know, I say, hey, we keep investing. That's an opportunity. It's going to come back. And, and you're right. Knowledge uh, is what gives us tremendous confidence and confidence the peace. Yeah. And once you really understand that, folks, about the stock market, then when it goes down, you kind of go like, it's on sale. Yeah, we're getting bargained right It's now. a bargain time. Yep. This is a time to buy. Well, we don't really do that either because I'm not going to tell you to time the market. I'm just going to tell you steady invest. Mm-hmm. Steady invest. That's all I have done. I have been tempted at times when the market is down to time it. Yeah. I really, really wish hmm. in 2008 when Uh-oh. the stock market was crashing and the world's coming to an end and it went from 13000 to 6500 I really wish I had put an extra million dollars in. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, the Dow's sitting at, what, 6X of that. That million wow. today would be worth $6 million. Wow. Because the Dow's, you know, 30,000, over 30,000, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's 5X, 5X of yeah. that. It'd be worth $5 million. Now, ultimately, I did have money in there, and it's worth mm-hmm. 5X. But if you could have timed the market and bought at the po- lowest possible time we've seen in decades then that would have been the time to do it. But who knew when the bottom was? If I had bought at 6500 it would have gone to 6000 <laughs> Well, there's a I'd chance, been, yeah. Then I'd have been pissed I missed the bottom. Not mm. that I was going to lose money, but because I missed the bottom. So don't try to time the market. People trying to time the market don't win. They really don't. And jumping in and out based on what you hear on the news, based on whether or not Russia invades Ukraine, is really a bad idea got to have a long-term scope on this stuff and ride it out and that includes having your house paid off cindy so thank you for calling we appreciate you being in our audience this is the ramsey show Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? Get your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.